Hey there, everybody. Thank you so much once again for hanging out with us on Conversations. I am thrilled to have you here. I am thrilled with my guests. This is going to be a cool day. I am super, super pumped about this. Um, these guys are doing some amazing stuff. I'm just give you a little highlight before I introduce Karen. You know, I talk all the time about inspiration on this show. I talk about uplifting brands and ideas and people and trying to inspire people every day. And I am telling you, at the end of this, if we have not accomplished that, Give me a holler. We'll get you some CPR. We'll figure out a way to make you, you know, figure out a way to, to solve that puzzle because these guys are absolutely at the top of the list of people that inspire me and are doing things that are so big and so grand. This is going to be a fun day. So I'm glad you're here. Please, everybody, give it up for the co mastermind of Archie's Acres <laughs> and Archie's Institute for Sustainable Agriculture. Please welcome Karen Archiplay. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. Oh, it's mine. I'm telling you. And before we get going and I get started with my 9,000 questions in our conversation today, you know, we and I have been going back and forth and talking a bit and, and your work is just so inspiring. Like I said, in the opening, I mean, it's just killer. I love it. It's just, I'm so excited about this conversation. Highlight of the week for me by far, you know, and I want to give everybody a little frame of what we're talking about with Archie's Acres. Okay. Just real quick. Let me throw some awards. It's just everybody. So we get you up to speed. The Obama administration gave them the champion for vet, veteran entrepreneurship. They're the Organic Trade Association Rising Star Award, Martha Stewart for American Makers, and number 93 on Fast Company's Top 100 Most Creative People. Guys, these people are doing some killer stuff, and we're <laughs> going to talk about it today. So again, thank you for being here. I'm super stoked. So let's get into it. You know, let's talk a little bit, if you wouldn't mind. Let me get people up to speed on, on Karen and who she is and what's going on. Then we're going to get deeper into the weeds about, oh, I made a farming joke, deeper in the weeds. I'm on fire today. We'll get into a little <laughs> bit deeper about what's going on. But tell everybody a little bit about your journey and who you are. All right. Well, my name is Karen Archiplay, and thank you for that lovely introduction. Uh, my husband and I co-founded Archie's Acres in 2005. Uh, we were certified organic in 2007. And it was just in 2005, we bought the farm and it was right as my husband was leaving for his third tour in Iraq. <laughs> so, so as he came back in 2006, we built our first greenhouse and the, the immediate thing was to certify organic our farm. And mostly it's because we are, we're organic consumers. So we wouldn't grow something that we wouldn't eat to feed you. <laughs> so, right. I love it. I love so, that. So that's how we started. And that was, um, that's been a long time. It's been a long journey and we've learned a lot and we uh, definitely um, love what we do. Well, the world's changed a lot since, uh, since back then, way yeah. back then, as we say, yeah. as you get older, you say way back then, when you're younger, you say next week, it's weird or last week, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and I know that you talked briefly a little bit, you touched on Colin, you know, being deployed and serving our country and, and, you know, Archie's just yeah. doing some amazing thing with vets, which we're going to get into, which by the way, a little red, white, and blue I'm wearing today because I'm supporting and I love it. And I love vet issues and I love nice. talking about them. Um, but let's just get to the, you know, how did this idea come around? Cause not everybody just wakes up and goes, Hey, by the way, let's just start farming. Right. It's not like a Tuesday morning, having a cup of coffee going, yeah, let's go start this tomorrow. So how did the idea come about? Well, it was actually when we bought this property, it's right behind Camp Pendleton and Colin still had a year of service to go. And he, out of his four years in the military, which is a really short time, he was mostly in Iraq. And so right. the idea was we would purchase this farm. He would do his third tour and he'd be able to come home at night. And we had right. this idea that we would go into real estate. <laughs> so I was going to do mortgage loans. I was queen of the 30 year fixed. Everybody thought I rode my horse to work. <laughs> and then Colin was going to actually sell houses. And I'm just going to say the disconnect 
between the civilian population and the military population on the fact that there was a war going on was so big that there was no way that Colin could just slip right into being a real estate agent. So instead, um, we became a hydro organic farm because of our first water bill. And that was, I moved on, Colin left September 5th to go back to Iraq. I moved on to the farm on October 17th. And my marching orders was to make sure that the avocado trees were fed. And with our first water bill, uh, it was, we were expecting it to be $50. That's what they discussed with us. And we're thinking, oh, LA, it's $40 every other month. So $50 a month, we can handle that. Well, it was $850. I forgot a couple, forgot a digit, forgot a digit on that one. (laughs) (laughs) What happened is Colin being in Iraq, you know, he'd be out 10 days on mission and he'd come back for three days. And first thing he did is look to see if he's been paid and then what's going on with his money. And he called me from Iraq and he's like, $850. Did you pay the water bill for the next two years? And I, I said, no. I that said that was our first water bill. That is the moment we became a sustainable farm. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. In that moment, Colin being in Iraq, he's like, okay, water is a major thing that could really take us under. And that's when he started looking at hydroponic. Right. And he said, no, we could actually do this hydroponically. And for me, my only prerequisite is that we would do it organically. Right. And so basically from that moment on, I started getting all these books, you know, that he would order and I'd put them in his care package every week. <laughs> go back to Iraq. And he was, you know, honing in on organic farming and what does that entail? And so that's really how we came together. The name Archie's Acres is because uh, Colin was known as Archie in the military. And when he came home, we're all so grateful. Right. He made three tours. He's a rifleman. Yeah. Um, as he separated, just grateful that he was still alive. And so as we were naming our farm, we're like, why not Archie's Acres? And it, and it stuck. And we love it. It's awesome. <laughs> so- <laughs> I think it's great. So so with, with that being said, let's give everybody up. Let's tell everybody what is Archie's Acres. You know, let's, let's tell them exactly what you're doing. So we're a small scale hydro organic farm. And right. so we grow basil. We were known for basil for years. We now grow basil, cucumbers, tomatoes. Um, lettuce, spinach. Um, I think that's everything we have growing that's, right now. That's plenty to do. We have some tree fruits. Right. That's plenty to do. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about hydroponics for those that don't know. Let's get up to speed and talk about what it is. And I think sure. we could probably have a long conversation about what's going on in the space, which I'm sure we'll touch into, but yeah, tell yeah. everybody what hydroponic is. And, and not only that, but kind of how, if there's some, you know, different or give, you know, kind of from your perspective, how it's working on your farm too. Well, we actually, uh, we use the NFT system, which is you can see behind me in my photo. Right. And that's nutrient film technique. And so hydroponics is actually hydro is water and ponics is work, right? That's what the, the name actually means. And it's actually been around since 600 BC. So with hydro organic growing, basically, we grow up to 90% less water with three to five times the crop. Now, what that means is like in basil, if I was growing basil in the ground, we live in San Diego, the weather is perfect. We would have seven to nine crop terms a year. Right. Well, with hydroorganic, we actually have 17 to 20 crop terms per year. So it's really an amazing way to feed your community. Now with tomatoes, it's been a real eye opener. Tomatoes up to, it's, 
with one tenth of the water you would normally use, right, up to 90% less, you get eight to 10 times the crop. And so therein lies, I think, a lot of the issues that other people have with it. It's because it's actually using nature to produce good food and feed our community. Well, there's no doubt. I mean, you know, when you look at what it is, to your point, you're not working against Mother Nature, you're working with Mother Nature and right. it works. And, plant, and like to, right. you know, 600 BC, let's be honest, 600 BC is not yesterday. You know, so this is not, we're not reinventing the wheel. The wheel was already right. invented before the wheel, right? So this technology has been around through a lot of different uh, cultures and is making a difference. It's feeding people, right? And the fact that you guys are organic um, is plus plus, right? I mean, yeah. why not get, why not get all the food we can to people uh, as safe and, and as uh, efficiently and as well as healthy as we possibly can, my opinion. Um, right. So, well, you know, here's one tidbit. I'll say yeah. just to blow your mind for a visual. Hydroponics is everywhere you look in nature. Anytime yeah. you see a leaf that pools up with water and pours into a different part of a plant, that's a form of hydroponics. True. Very true. I mean, <laughs> it's the you know, history of the world. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, if you take a look, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a great way of looking at it. And the nice thing is it's real, it makes it really real when you say it like that, right? Because most people think of hydroponics, you know, all they think of is, all they think of is glass in a lot of ways, some big giant glass building. It's not that necessarily that way. Um, and to your point about something you said earlier, what you guys are doing is feeding your community. That's yeah. a very big, bold statement that people need to recognize, you know, is how are you being fed in your communities? Where's your food coming from? And this, this is a part of that solution to try to help us move forward in a safer, more effective manner. Let's talk a little bit about it. And I know we, we touched on it, but let's get into it and let's get it on the table. Tell me a little bit about the debate right now. It's regarding, you know, alternative growing methods used to produce, you know, uh, organic fruits and vegetables like what you're doing. Thanks for joining the Todd Versation. And now a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Karen Nardotza, president and CEO of Moxie Marketing. On behalf of all the Moxers worldwide, thanks for listening to Todd Versations and Todd Bits. At Moxie, we're known for strategic marketing and PR, unique branding and packaging, award-winning web and graphic design, and trade show experiences that generate results. Whether you're selling B2B or B2C, a farmer, processor, commodity board, retailer, food service, or somewhere else on the supply chain, we make it easier to grow your brand and your business. From avocados to zucchini and petunias to protein, we help you tell your story, stand out, and achieve your goals. Get Moxie, and together we'll celebrate your success. Well, it's interesting. It's kind of a sad thing, actually, because I think it um, doesn't speak highly about the organic industry. Um, there is a, a big controversy that the magic is in the soil. But I'm going to say that, you know, after, you know, Secretary Vilsack had the hydroponic task force. My husband served on that. Colin was there. We had the biggest brains, you know, <laughs> academia, and then you had scientists. Right. And they really proved that, that, you know, that this is a very viable way to grow food where you can grow a mass amount of food in a very small footprint. And the controversy comes from those that perhaps may not, um, I, I don't, I don't know if that they just don't believe that they're going to have their market share 
like they're afraid that we're going to sell a tomato to someone that they should have trucked it across the country to. I, don't know. Yeah. I think a lot of it is market share. And, yeah. you know, truthfully, I did call the person that had started this controversy and without getting into names, I, I just said, Hey, you know, we're the people that keep you up at night. And I want to invite you to our farm because I really believe that an organic farmer can walk on another farm and know what they're doing in five minutes. Yeah. So I said, please come see us because not only do we bear close inspection, but we teach it. (laughs) Right. And what I had, what the person said to me was, what do you grow? And I said, well, we're primarily known for basil. And he said, that's okay. Just don't grow tomatoes. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's some of it. Super disappointing because if somebody actually had a question as to the validity of what we were doing, or they had an issue with a, a certain procedure that we were doing, I would almost understand that because then you can explain it and you can say, well, let me invite you in and, and you can see what we do. Mm-hmm. But to say it's market share and to really have a selfishness that, I mean, we want, you know, I'm, I'm with CCOF, right? That's our organic certifier. Right. I serve on the board there. I will tell you, it's our motto is that we want a world where organic is the norm. How do we do that? Right. If we're fighting over who gets to grow. <laughs> right. Well, that's like it. That's what it comes down to. Well, and I think, you know, and, and let's, let's touch on this lawsuit that's out there right now. That's now in appeal out here in California. I don't think people recognize that cut to the chase, the way the lawsuit's written, everything in the greenhouse is gone. So I'm just not, not just what you're doing, but you're talking about the tomatoes, the bell peppers, the cucumbers, the mushrooms, the leafy greens, um, you know, uh, container stuff. So like blueberries, you know, a lot of blueberries organically, especially in Mexico are grown in containers. They're gone. It's going to set the organic industry back 30 years. And, and the logic behind it, which I am a soilist, don't get me wrong. I get it. We're not going to survive without soil. We have to have it. We got to take care of it. We've already screwed it up enough. Organic's still working hard at fixing it. We got a lot of people that need to work hard on fixing their soil uh, above and beyond what the organic community is doing. The debate to me really comes down to uh, understanding what, you know, where they're at. You're right. It is about market share. It's about capitalism. It's a conscious capitalism. I don't know. Let's debate that. But I struggle with the fact that we are not talking about how we are going to feed 9.8 billion people by 2050 good food. And I think that's where this argument loses its wind is because it's nobody wants to sit down with a six pack of beer and a couple of pizzas and talk this thing through and say, why is this so difficult? You know, I, I, it's hard for me to understand the discord. And I'd like to touch you a little bit about that. I mean, why do you think there's so much discord about this when you have these growing solutions that are feeding communities? Well, you know, I mean, my only uh, reference I can really draw back to is that first phone call. And I asked that person for the name of their farm. <laughs> right. And here on their front page was rows of container production. Yeah. And I said, whoa, you're growing hydroponically. And they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I, I think it's people that tried it and didn't understand it. And instead of asking for help, they said, you can't do it. If I can't do it, you can't do it. Well, and I think, it, sadly, I think that's kind of what it comes down to. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I mean, look, it's coming. This kind of technology is coming. It's not going away. It's $2 billion. It's on the moon. Investment money. It's, it's <laughs> moved. I've had NASA on. NASA, NASA <laughs> right. started this, right? NASA's <laughs> one of the first they did in a Mercury capsule. We had, I had NASA on talking about growing food in space and what it's going to take. So, you know, it's coming. It's not going to go away. And I think that we have to recognize the food matters and healthy food matters. Yeah. And, you know, and it, it should it be just, accessible. It should be. And I, and I look, you know, if, if giving, being able to utilize this technology and put organic food 
in food deserts around this planet, you know, pick a country in Africa where it's not going to benefit. Pick about how about fresh produce in the Middle East where these guys can't get fresh lettuce. Right. All of that matters to the health of this planet one way or another. And it may not directly affect you because you don't live in the UAE, but it still affects the planet that you live on over here. And I think we have to be cognizant of that. I mean, it's, so, you know, with that being said, and we can, we can braid on about what it is and back and forth. I think we're both on the same page and hopefully people get a clear understanding of what the outcome of this potentially could be and dig deeper into why the motivation behind it. But why is it important for you to be organic? I mean, that's, a, I think, the $100 question is, is like, you know, because you don't have to be, right? You can wake up and say, screw it. I don't want to go through this hassle. I don't want to figure this out because you had to figure it out, right? Delivering nitrogen to your system is not the easiest thing to do in the world. Feeding a plant, you know, organically and trying to do it, it's not easy. I know it's not, right? It's a challenge. So why does it matter? You know, I'm just going to say again, I'm an organic consumer. Hmm. You know, when I shop, I'm buying organic. And if I'm a grower... I'm going to grow organically. And to me, you know, I'm going to say, you know, um, it takes a lot of work to, to be organic. And so, of <sighs> course, I'm going to have that label, you know, and, yeah. and I'm going to say that we earn it every day yeah. and we're proud of it. And we're part of the people that make sure that it means something, yeah. you know, and, and I would have to say that if I if I thought somebody was doing something wrong, I would show up and I'd have a list and I'd say, show me this, show me that. Right. <laughs> no, nobody did that. And the, and this whole controversy, we invited all of the people in the organic task force to our farm. They couldn't get out of here fast enough. They oh. didn't want to see it working, but I'm going to say for myself, I am proudly organic. Yeah. I eat organic. I believe that organic is a lifestyle. I think organic is when you actually care about each other. And you care about um, our rivers, our streams, our oceans. I mean, we're we're guests on this planet. You know, yeah. I think we need to take care of it. And then what are we leaving for our kids or their kids? And right. so for me, organic encompasses all of that. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's interesting because, you know, it, it, it is it, organic. I say it all the time. I've been saying it for years. It's a morals and values category. It's one that touches people in multiple ways. I'm like, you know, I yeah. hate to say it, but hey, paper towel guys, you're just never going to get that kind of juice, right? Um, and it's important that we lean into that. It's important that we recognize, again, the food and its importance. But, you know, you, you touch on something and I want to come back around on it. When you think about morals and values, less water, no runoff, less pesticides, closer to home, less carbon footprint, less road miles, you know, food safety, human, go through the whole gamut of different stuff, right? It, it is literally a part of that gold standard that we hold organic to. The problem that scares me, though, is that if we don't embrace this as an industry, those same attributes can be used by people that aren't farming organic. And that is going to dilute the organic message as well as promote theirs because people, less water, no pesticides. Those guys can say that even though they're using conventional fertilizer, even though it's not organically grown. Beyond organic is a label that's floating out there now. They're not right. organic, but they're beyond it now. It's dangerous. And the organic industry needs to recognize they're going to lose more by turning their back on this than, than they think they are. And that's the point I keep trying to get across is that, yeah. you know, this, this space, this space for what it is, organic needs to step up. They need to raise the bar, not lower it. Right. So I think it's interesting. What is, you know, you touched a little bit about, you know, people coming out to the farm. I'm, you know, I'm going to ask the question, get a little deeper. How do they make you feel when people walk in and it's like, all of a sudden you look like you have cooties. You know what? It wasn't. Uh, when they came to our farm, I was going to make them lunch. <laughs> I was making them caprese. We're basil, you know, growers. And I'm um, on my way. And I, yeah, <laughs> please join us. <laughs> but they came to our farm and, and they sat down for maybe 10 minutes. 
And then they said, we have to go. We have to go. Now, these are the people that, that, uh, that I've been told lose sleep over us. I mean, if I got invited into a place that I thought was doing something wrong, I would have a long list and say, show me this, show me that. Where is this? Where is that? And I'd want to see those methods that bothered me. Right. They could not get out of here quick enough. And that made me sad. I was up here making lunch and it's like, nope, they're all leaving. It was like, what? (laughs) Well, you know, it it, it goes back to what I said earlier. You know, well, look, we all we need to get a six pack of beer and some pizzas and we all need to sit down and solve this as an industry. We all need to come together. We need, you know, it, it, it what's what we're doing isn't working. Uh, you know, 10 percent are yelling at the other 90 again and we're not getting along and it's dumb and it's going to be at the expense of everyone, um, yeah. including dirt farmers. They got to realize that if they've got, you know, it's going to it's going to be just as, you know, it, it's going to hurt them worse in a lot of ways. Because this yeah. isn't going to stop coming. I mean, you've got cherries under glass now. You've got melons coming out from under glass. Berries, look at the stuff that's out there. Not going to go away. We need to We have it. local orange grove that is now under a greenhouse because yeah. of Asian citrusilla. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's coming. So I mean, this this technology, what's going on? And, and now with you know in California with water, it's going to become more of an issue. So I think we you know right. I, I hope everybody listens to this, forms an opinion, licks a little deeper, send me an email, hate mail, good mail. I don't care. I'll talk to you. Um, but let's have this debate. Let's get the right people in the room. Let's make a decision. Absolutely. I think we need to do it on behalf of what your business is and what you're doing. So let's get off this soapbox. I'm done. It's wearing me out. Let's move on to some stuff that's like <laughs> kick-ass and inspirational, getting the ball down the field. And that's you guys and stuff. Cause I want to get into this veterans and some of the different stuff we're doing. Cause I, it just, it's so great. So before we do that though, I know something you're super proud of is being a B Corp. Can you just touch on that and why that was so important to you and calling to pull that off? Cause that's a lot of work on top of a busy day you already have. You know what? We're really proud to be a B Corp. Um, We were certified through 2018. We were best for the world, 2015, 16, 17, 18. And then we just couldn't afford to have that third party certification again, which we're just picking up again now. Um, But we remain a B Corp. And the reason it really meant something to us is that we did, we wanted to expand our business. But what we didn't want was somebody coming in and saying, oh, I really like what you're doing. I really like the name. I don't want you to be organic. Right. Or, you know, we're not going to hire, you know, um, veterans or combat vets or whatever, you know. And so with a B Corp, it protects your mission and it protects your mission far past you. And that to me is a really good. um, It's good to have, you know, it's like we're a B Corp, period. And so if we sold our business or, you know, it got handed down to our family, whatever, it remains with our mission statement intact. Right. I love that. Well, it it speaks to, you know, there's no benefits, no tax benefits or anything like that. It's just, it's more of a personal benefit to say, we believe in what we do. I love, well, you know, it goes back to what you believe in as an organic consumer, as an organic farmer, right? You're raising the bar. So if you're going to raise a bar in yourself, because we just touched on the fact you don't have to do it, you're choosing to do it because it's what you want to do. And it's the right thing, obviously, and agree 100% the right thing to do. This is another way to hold yourself accountable to a higher standard and protect all the hard work yeah. you're doing. So I think it's beautiful you guys do it. I mean, and it's not easy to do. I mean, it's a, it's a thing, right? You just don't wake up and go, hey, B Corp. No, it's not. It's a process. And, it, and, it's, and you're yeah. held accountable. And I think it's wonderful. Right. Yeah, that's really something to be proud of. I'm glad you guys have done that. Again, raise the bar and, and why Thank I'm just you. so proud of what you guys do all the time. You know, but let's do it. Here we go. We're going vets now. I got the red, white, and blue, red, white, and blue behind okay. me. Okay. <laughs> tell me, you know, we, you touched a little bit on call and service. And if you want to incorporate mm-hmm. that into this question, that's great. And tell everybody a little bit about what, you know, he was about. And, and we're going to get into a whole bunch of all that as well. But, you know, 
Tell me why veterans matter to you guys. Well, we are a veteran family. You know, Colin served in Iraq. He did three tours. He was part of the invasion, the Battle of Fallujah, which have still yet to be recognized by Congress because they couldn't give the entire battalion the Purple Heart. And so now it's going to get a congressional recognition later. Um, And then his third tour was Haditha, just as that became a hotspot. So when he came home, and we embraced farming, it was a natural way to decompress. And it's not new. This was right. actually how we be, how we got BLM land, which is Bureau of Land Management. It was 20 acres for the war weary, which was the first way that they that they described PTS. And we don't say PTSD. It's post-traumatic stress. It's not a disorder. It's actually an appropriate reaction to horrific details. Right. Mm, so people coming well back said. to PTS, they could actually, <clears throat> excuse me, for Colin, he was able to get into growing our farm, building our greenhouse. He did it with the blueprints, right? It was him and our Grove guy. And it wasn't that he had been in agriculture, but he knew how to read blueprints. We as a country invest over a million dollars in every one person that deploys. And when they come back, <laughs> it was crickets. In right. 2006, they didn't invest $1 in those that came back. Yeah. And here people come back and they are war weary. They do have PTS. And they're trying to find a way to meld back into society. And it's really difficult. And for Colin, he was able to get into growing. And it was awesome. He was outside. He was building the greenhouse. He was growing plants. And then as he's looking around at the people he served with, so many were re-enlisting, not because they wanted to, but because they didn't think that they could afford to feed their families. Yeah, that's legit. And I'm in our little greenhouse, which we're our first greenhouse we built was 30 by 60 foot. And that little greenhouse, that nearly matched Colin's income as an E5 in the Marine Corps. Rifle. Wow. Team, right? Wow. Staff sergeant. Wow. That's amazing. Or sergeant, you know, you t- not staff sergeant, sergeant. Yeah, you, you touch, <laughs> you, you touch on, yeah, yeah, yeah. You t- well, for, for at this point, he's admiral. He's going admiral call. That's what we're going to call from here <laughs> he is, around. He is here. But, you know, you touch on something, and I want to come back around and chat on a little bit. You know, we spend all this money up front to train you, and as we should. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, yes. I'm not advocating, you know, I, quite frankly, we should spend more and do better taking care of our vets and our current military and their families and everybody that serves and puts their life on the line for us to be able to sit here and criticize those that don't take care of them. Right. Um, But when we come back, we don't do anything. And you look at this issue and and it shocks me that we don't, it shocks me that we just kind of like, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater. And I don't know if that's because of how vets were treated coming out of Vietnam and this culture that was created with this negativity that war is bad. And, you know, all these things you want to throw at it. And war is bad. Let's get it wrong. I don't know. I don't understand how yeah. war happens this day. I don't know. Again, I don't understand how we don't sit down with the pizza and the beer. I just can't figure it out. It's so simple and it makes so much common sense. But it's scary that we that that we don't do right by them. And I think we just do such a disservice as our country when we don't look inwardly enough at those that make sure we have the ability to look outwardly. Um, so thank you for sharing that part of it. And I know that you guys, and I'm, I'm excited about this, but let's talk about the veterans' lives that you have changed. How many vets' lives have, have come across Archie's oh, that you've we're improved? we're easily over 500 now. 500 veterans say, coming through. For, for us, I, I call us activist, activist, not divist, <laughs> activist. <laughs> activist, and, I love it. 
And part of our activism <laughs> was that as Colin embraced this as a career, we were looking at people going back in and he actually sadly lost several of his friends to suicide. Wow. And it was because they just didn't see a way through it. And so we got very involved with connecting with the military. And it was actually Colin almost reenlisted. It was horrific. I did not want him to go back in. I, he was going because he felt like his people were going back. He needed to be there with him, with yeah. them. And so I said, no, no, no. I said, how about we teach here and we teach people to do what you're doing? Because, you know, this is a very decent living. You don't need a lot of land. You can actually get into it fairly simply. And, and so he didn't think it was going to be possible, but we went to the wave clinic and that's where we met a man named Gary Rossio and he gave us a chance. And he said, let's see, because he had a lot of people that didn't know what they wanted to do with their life. They didn't want to be in a building. They didn't want to have somebody breathing down their neck. They wanted to just be able to work hard, right? They're used right. to burning. I think Colin's just used to burning like 10,000 calories a day or whatever. And that doesn't happen when you're sitting. No. And so we created uh, the Veteran Sustainable Agriculture Training, and it was known as VSAT. And so we took that to the next level and we actually advocated with Washington, D.C. Now, I'm going to tell you, that doesn't happen quickly. No. Um, we were inviting instructors in to work with our class and, and we were taking people that hadn't worked, you know, they're come back and they just, they're like paralyzed because they don't fit anywhere. And I, and I think it's a really hard thing because when you're active duty, you have stripes on your shoulder or you have medals that say how cool you are or how badass you are or what, right. you've, what you've been able to uh, achieve or overcome and when you take that off it's like you're starting from scratch and, and you don't know yourself and so but i'm going to tell you as we have trained people we take them down to the farmer's market and people come up and say that's the best tomato i ever had and they're like i grew that <laughs> you know it's that's like, awesome it's just that it kind of gives back that self-esteem of what I can do rather than what we can't do. Well, and so amazing. But through our instructors, we had Toro Irrigation. It was Inge Busconner. She was fabulous. Um, I was telling her that our students were graduating our class, but they were not able to use their VA home loans to buy a farm. And if it even had an ag building, the VA wanted them to tear it down before they'd loan them any money. And it wasn't that the VA wanted that. It was the bank. Right. And so um, Inge put me in touch with Doug McCaleb, which was the rule advisor to President Obama. And that poor guy, <laughs> I was on him. I was like, this oh, well. is a problem. And so Doug McCaleb, actually, uh, we went through proving that banks would not loan on a farm, would not allow someone to come out of the military and get into agriculture. And so we were able to take that all the way up. Doug McCaleb uh, researched it. It has always been legal to use your VA home loan to buy a farm. And now because of, of that ag activism, right. <laughs> um, if a bank turns down a veteran that's trying to buy a farm in this country, if they turn them down, that bank runs the risk of losing the ability to give any VA home loans at all. Good. So if they don't give all of them, they can't give any of them. Good. And so we give a high five <laughs> to yeah, Doug I mean, Caleb and the know, Obama administration for that. Well, that's, I mean, look, that again, you know, it, we're doing something right and we're 
why don't we want to do that? What part of that is what part of that makes any sense not to be able to fund VA loans to veterans that want to farm? When right. we have a declining farm community, right. and where's our food going to come from? <laughs> and, you know, BLM land, when that was rolled out, that was after World War II, they considered it a um, an emergency to teach people how to grow agriculture because we had 40% of farmers in this country. Now we have less than 1%. Wow. If that's not an emergency, I don't know what is. And the military, um, it's, you know, I mean, talk about national security issue, cut off the food and now you have war. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, you know, and that's a, it's a very, that's a really interesting point. And that's a very interesting topic that's floating out there. Now, when you take a look about countries that are buying farmland, where they're buying farmland and how this is all going to work itself out, how much you relied upon imports and how much is export. There's a lot for people to consider about when it comes to their food supply and what it's going to look like. And that's why- you know, emerging ag technology is something we have to be cognizant of. And I'll be the first to say, there's some of it I don't like at all. There's some of it I think is crappy. Let's not even, you know, no, this is bad. But some of it is like, mm, it's hard to look away from. It's hard to look away. You know, it, it, it's it's kind of like the vets, right? We look away from the vets. We don't need to be doing we need, we're, we got a group trying to look away from this. We need to all be looking at everything, right? And, and these veteran issues, first and foremost, no doubt about it. You know, you guys have inspired um a lot of people with what your work is in Washington, D.C., there's no two ways about it. I mean, you talk about David and Goliath in a lot of ways. Um, and I know that that had to be incredibly rewarding to you, especially when you have folks coming on the farm that are learning from you guys. And we're going to get into the Institute work a little bit here in a second. But I mean, it's got to just be something where you and Colin sit down on a Saturday night, take a deep breath and go, God, this was a great week. Yeah, I'm going to say we're. <laughs> by that time, we're exhausted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's why I said you're sitting down. I didn't say you're. But painting. it is great. I'm going to tell you. Uh, you know, we've kept our school going. Uh, we just we just reseated our school at University of Minnesota Crookston, and we're really excited about that. Um, but it it has never been a moneymaker. We've never lived from the school. Um, right. And I'm really proud of that. You know, instead we really we're able to fund the school with our farm. Right. And so, you know, as we've gone into different, <clears throat> excuse me, as we've gone into different um, situations financially for ourselves, the one thing we did not let go was the school. Right. And it was, and it was a real stretch and it cost us a fortune, but I'm going to say it's not about the income. It was about the outcomes. And sure. we have so many people that are farming today because yeah. they took our class. We have Mango Mike in Japan, you know. We had I love Mango Mike. Jason I have all his albums. In Alaska. We just had a student that went to Puerto Rico. And it's pl- people that are going back to home and saying, okay, I can feed my community. And you know what? I'm going to say we had a student that went to Los Angeles and actually took a parking lot and set up container growing and was was actually taking care of the local restaurants there. I mean, why not? Yeah. And I've... who better? I mean, it was it Ben Franklin that said he saw America as a quilt. And on that quilt, every square was a farm, a family farm. Well, we'd like to see every every square as a family organic farm. Yeah, no doubt about that. You know, whether they choose hydro organic or they choose to go in the soil, we all use the same nutrients. 
And I wouldn't stand in their way to do whatever they wanted. I'm just glad they're growing and that they're going to serve their own communities. I I mean, that's how we all survive. Well, there's no doubt about that. I absolutely agree. It's it's that coming together moment. Let's talk a little bit about Archie's Institute for Sustainable Ag. You know, let's get into it because it's it's incredibly impressive. You know, you're housed in the university, University of Minnesota, Golden Gophers, I do believe. You know, an ag school with a golden gopher. I don't know. That, that goes kind of goes against the grain, but I don't you know, let it go. <laughs> what, so let's talk about what's so, you know, bottom real easy. What is it? So we teach from seed to market and we teach from concept of a business idea to presentation of a business plan. Yeah. And so during we have a six week course where it's a full immersion. That's Monday through Friday. And then we have a 12 week nights and weekends class. And it can be taken from anywhere. We used to have, you know, everybody was in seats here on our farm and they'd fly in from all over the country and they'd have to have housing and this and that. Well, now through COVID, the gift of COVID is that it's all online, but it is with an instructor all the way through. So it is not self-paced. Right. And so, and it is like drinking from a fire hose. But I will tell you that when you get through it, um, we consider the first day of our relationship is on the day you graduate, because that's when you need us. That's when you need the team. And as our students go out and they establish their businesses, we have some that have chose to go go on and get their uh, degree in agriculture, plant science. And we have students that have, have become consultants. I have one student that actually went to Cornell and he consulted for people to turn their front lawns into their food. And so he would test the soil to see what they needed. And in some cases where the soil was so badly damaged by pesticides, then he could also teach them how to do a raised bed with cocoa choir and do a hydro organic bed. Right. So um, it's really nice because it gives people choices. And so we have students that are just rocking it. We have one student that went out to Cuba when that was open and actually was teaching about hydroorganics as they were teaching about their, their organic operation because they had no access to pesticide. How nice is that? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough problem. You know. I, you know. Yeah, well, we, we didn't have pesticides a while back either. I know. We're, I we're lucky, we're lucky we got them. We're lucky we got them in our generation, right? Yes. What, so, I mean... <clears throat> So how many is, you know, because this is, this could be vets can join this they want, but I mean, it's kids too. It's college kids. It's, it's, all, it's every, all walks of everyone life. is welcome. We've had right. civilians in every class since day one. It was all about reintegrating our, we have active duty. So that was also one of our, our wins. We did right. plant the first lady, Michelle Obama's garden in Washington, DC. And the bigger part of that trip was the next day we met at the white house with, with all the people that govern military. That was Frank DiGiovanni, who was the, the, um, the director of transition readiness for every branch of the military. And so we were able to work with him and actually create a, he created a program called skill bridge. And it was because our students weren't able to get off time in the military to take our class so that they'd be employed when they left the military. <laughs> and so with Frank DiGiovanni, there's now Skillbridge and whether it's agriculture or, or whatever, working on cars, whatever, sure, you yeah. can now take that 18, I think it's 18 months before you leave the military, you can take a class. And so that was one of our advocacy uh, things that we were able to get. And now we have a lot of active duty that take our class 
as well as veterans, as well as civilians. So it is about integrating. That's fantastic. Thanks for joining the Toddversation. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Karen Nardotza, President and CEO of Moxie Marketing. On behalf of all the Moxers worldwide, thanks for listening to Toddversations and Toddbits. At Moxie, we're known for strategic marketing and PR, unique branding and packaging, award-winning web and graphic design, and trade show experiences that generate results. Whether you're selling B2B or B2C, a farmer, processor, commodity board, retailer, food service, or somewhere else on the supply chain, we make it easier to grow your brand and your business. From avocados to zucchini and petunias to protein, we help you tell your story, stand out, and achieve your goals. Get Moxie, and together we'll celebrate your success. I mean, once again, you guys are just knocking on the military door going, hey, let's throw some common sense and help people. I love it. This is great. You and Colin are just kicking ass, and I love it. It's just awesome. (laughs) You You know, but, you know, and I know it's kind of a philosophical, whatever, thousand, you know, 30,000 foot question, but, you know, why does what you're doing with the Institute matter? from your perspective, because, you know, it's something you created. You've seen it. You've seen it from the beginning back in the, you know, mid two thousands. And you've been through a lot of experiences in this journey, you know, good and bad. And to the point of having, you know, Colin having issues, you know, friends that had issues coming out and not being served and stuff. So tell me why does this matter? You know, it matters because no matter where you go in the world, you need to eat. And so to be able to take the training that was, uh, that was given in the military and be able to just redirect that into sustainable organic agriculture. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't begun to see the innovation that's going to happen. I'm hoping all kinds of innovation is going to happen and that we're going to have fresh ideas, new ideas, but people that stick to the, the national organic program, right? You stick to the, the rules of the road and let's see what you've got. It matters because we all eat. And we all should have access to organic food. To me, the saddest thing is to see a small family as they crowd around the table at McDonald's. That's not food. And I'm not putting them down. I don't want to get sued by McDonald's, but, (laughs) you know, but. but I've said said worse about them. Don't worry about it. Well, it's to me, it's like, I want to, you know, if you can take that same family and teach them how to have a garden in their backyard where you know, that they can grow up or if they, they can take, you know, a piece of their land and actually now they're growing for their neighborhood, then we're doing the right things. For sure. You well, know, you know, it's not just like, oh, you know, just throw something up and it doesn't matter what you put on that. It's people paying attention to what's in their food. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's what makes it food. And to well, me, if something's pesticide, I'm not interested. That's well said. And, you know, and I think it's right to the heart of what the Institute is and the amount of kids and the amount of people globally that you're touching. And you're true globally. I mean, you said Japan, you know, you got folks up in Africa or uh, Alaska. I mean, you know, you're yeah. all over and Mango Mike, come on. Come on. I know. You got to love Mango Mike. You got to love Mango Mike. <laughs> He's fabulous. <laughs> you know, but to, to be able to give back in so many different ways that you guys are doing is just so incredibly impressive. You know, one thing that, that I loved when I was, you know, doing my homework and thinking about this and is your website makes a claim that you guys will invite any store, restaurant, community supported agriculture, CSA, uh, any aspiring organic farmer, um, pretty much anybody to come join, 
come out, come visit, come hang out, come learn. Yeah. And that's a, that's a pretty bold statement. Now, a lot of people don't want anybody around. Right? People don't want to share secrets in this app, but you're like, hey, give us a call. Come on out. We invite you. And that's powerful. Yeah. I mean, tell me what that means. Tell me what that where that came from and why that felt right to do. Well, it's kind of our philosophy. You know, I mean, give a man a fish and he eats for a day. Teach a man to fish and he eats for life. You know, yeah. now, you know, he can share that fish. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, so to me, we're not afraid of close inspection. We really welcome it and we think um it's kind of it's i guess open source you know yeah i mean why not why wouldn't we share you know i mean we there's a lot of people that don't have food in their refrigerators we're blessed you know if you can grow something and share it with your neighbor then now we're doing something really nice yeah that's beautiful well i mean food insecurity is a big problem it's another thing we don't talk enough about Right. You know, uh, it's important that we start to recognize that we need to solve food insecurity with good food, too. Right. We need to make sure that we're doing the right thing for the next generation and reduce health care and reduce some of the problems that we're facing today. Because the fact we could all do better, like I'm looking in the mirror and say the same thing like any of us can. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, we've got to raise the bar to be better. And I think that's just so important. And it's just neat to see what you guys are doing. I want to talk a little bit about this. Let's talk Hollywood now. I mean, I'm going to throw it out there. Let's take the big Hollywood equation. Let's talk about the farm movie. Can you share with everybody about what that is? Oh, that was so fun. That was, it was really an honor. I will tell you, we were called, um, we were called, I was just, I got to get his name right. It was Sean. (laughs) So far, you're 50%. You know what? It's Tribeca. It was Tribeca Films. Had asked if they could do a, a movie about what we were doing. And they came out and they followed three students through our course. And it was really cool. We've had other really cool movies like BYU TV. That was another one where they followed one of the veterans through the class and he came up with a hot sauce. And this one, it was three different people. They had three different distinct ideas. And what they did was really focus on the full immersion of the class. And it was really cool. I mean, that what an honor. Now we are talking to them about following some of our alumni and just following up and seeing where people are and and following other students that are really knocking it out of the park. And what I love about that is it gives their communities a chance to support them. It's letting their communities know that they exist. And, And I think it's really cool. I think it's fantastic. It's a great film. I mean, it's, you know, it's really cool. It's really cool. And I think, you know, as we talk about everything we've talked about today for people to kind of say, Hey, I want to get a little more immersed in this conversation. It's a great way to do it. It's a great way to see exactly what you all are doing. It is an open book, which is incredibly impressive. And it won the GI Film Festival. We won the GI Film Festival for best short. Woohoo. Well, I, I, I got to tell you two things. A, I didn't know that. And B, I didn't know there was a GI Film Festival. I'm not going to lie. And I'm glad you won the award. <laughs> Great. Yeah. See, I told you. I told you everybody it's that good. <laughs> That's awesome. That yeah. is super cool. That's a really neat thing. Speaking of which, and I and I don't want to I don't want to miss this, and, I, and because it's in my notes, and I know it's something that I want to touch on. Can you? And I want to come back to the vet thing really quick. Can you talk really quickly about stand uh, stand for the troops and why that's important for you guys? Because I don't sure. want to leave that off the table. I think it's it, it needs a shout Thank out. Thank you. Well, yeah. you know, stand for the troops. Um, Elise England actually contacted us, and her husband was had since passed. Now he was very into agriculture, and he was. He really wanted to see students come out or people come out of the military and farm. Mm -hmm. And so that's how she connected with us. She is now 
Stand for the Troops is our fiscal sponsor. So if somebody wants to donate, we're not a nonprofit. And it's on purpose that we're not, because we really believe that, you know, be a business, you know, be a sustainable business. And so we have the nonprofit arm is Stand for the Troops. And if you wanted to donate towards a student's tuition or helping anyone in our program, you can do it through Stand for the Troops. And they have a lot of different programs that they work on for people with PTS. And again, I don't use the D because it's really not a disorder. It's a natural reaction. Oh, yeah, it is. And and thank you for saying that again. Oh, that's fantastic. You're right. It is. And I think we, I think the, the word disorder makes it very scary. You know, yeah. I, I, you, you 19 years old and it's dark out and you're in a place you don't know. And people are shooting at you constantly day after day. And it's craziness. Yeah. And in some cases you can't fire back. Uh, it's, it's people need to recognize yeah. why we're having these issues and why these guys need as much and gals need as much support when they get off the plane back in this country, as we give them getting on the plane at, back, you know, out of this country. So I think it's important we recognize that. Thank you for sharing about, you know, yeah. stand for the troops and folks can get involved, which is really, really yeah. cool. One of the cool things you guys have, yeah. which I want to talk about is your Airbnb, which I think is a really cool idea to have on the farm. Cause again, it's like, Hey, come out and hang with us. We'll show you, I'm, you know, you can probably hang out and not have to participate too much, but if you want to go to work, I imagine you can get, <laughs> get a pair of gloves and then we get to are, work. We're signing up for the Airbnb experience and we will have a little, we'll have our little small greenhouses. We never really let the public just trail through our greenhouses, but we have small ones that are labs and that's for our students. And when they come on farm days. And so we are doing the Airbnb experience where they can come out and they can actually rent either a room or they can have like a private space and then they can actually uh, do some hydroorganic farming if they choose to. Kind or of a cool way to from the farm stand. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, but what a cool way to spend a week. What a cool way to hang out. Yeah. What a great way to get an experience. Um, yeah. to even, you know, in, in a lot of ways to, to get on the farm, have some fun, learn about some new ag technology, learn what's going on, eat some good food. I mean, you're already talking about Caprice for lunch. So people are gonna, you know, that's an expectation now. You're like <laughs> yeah. <to> give up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what that's a really right. cool, what a really cool time that is. It is. I, I can't wait. I'm coming down. We're gonna hang out. Absolutely. I told you I'm coming. We'd I'm coming down that. to I'm going to come down and hang out with your kids a little bit and talk to yeah, your students to and see what about, yeah, we're going to come down. <laughs> yeah, we will. We're going to come down and have some fun and keep supporting the cause and keep uplifting because you guys are doing mm-hmm. such incredible work and, and it's so meaningful and it's so from the heart. That's what I love about it. It is all from the heart. It, it's just, it's Thanks. phenomenal. And I think that Colin's journey certainly is obviously incredibly impactful to that. Your journey as a wife being here, not being there and, you know, knowing he's gone for 10 days where, you know, again, that kid walking in the dark um, to be able to to come back from that and give back and want to uplift what you're doing firsthand because those experiences are so powerful. Yeah. Thank you. It means a lot to us. It is our heart and soul. There's no doubt. So what's next for you guys? Give me some of what's, what's going on. What's, is there any exciting news? I mean, you're, you know, you got to get going hard up in Michigan now, the university of Michigan, which is fantastic. Um, it's what's, really what's new exciting. And exciting. Well, for us, you know, it's all about crops these days. And actually it's kind of nice because we really just balanced ourselves out. We had, like I said, we had hit a couple of rough times and it was interesting because I had a lot of farmers saying, well, now you're a real farmer because you're going to claim bankruptcy. <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> that's not what we wanted to do. We work with a lot of small companies like ourselves. And so right. to have been able to kind of get our feet back under us is really exciting. And so 
we live by example, you know, so we're rolling out, we have our cucumbers is our latest product and that's really going gangbusters. Um, I don't know that we're going to really want to expand. We used to want to expand throughout the nation, but instead we're just helping our students expand. We're yeah. just helping students. And eventually I would like to just be able to do a road trip and go visit all the different farms of our students. That would be cool. That would be and a so ton of fun. That would yeah. be a lot of fun. Well, because we have some amazing, innovative people out there that are just, just doing it right. Well, you know, and I think when, when people like that get around folks like you as sources of inspiration and light and mentorship, those ideas have a place to just completely blossom and to get talked through and run through. And maybe they're not all great ideas, but they're in an environment that allows those ideas to come out. And you never know what comes from those conversations. Right. So I think that's incredibly powerful. Nice. This is awesome. What a great chat. God, I just told everybody this is going to be a great chat. You Thank know, you. I mean, you are so, you know, what you and Colin are doing is, again, I'm going to say it over and over and over as long as I have the microphone, incredibly inspiring um, from so many different angles. From the fight, you know, when you think about the, the organic and the hydroponic thing and where you've been at and 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 how your company's been treated in this process, um, yeah. you know, what matters by being a B Corp, stand for the troops, giving back, helping the United States government realize that veterans can own farms and do right and do good. And to be able to give them training prior to coming out of the military, if they want to get into farming or fix a car, whatever the hell it is, it's powerful. And you guys are just getting started. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's my cat. You sorry. really are. You're just getting started. It's so great. So thank you very much from the bottom of my heart for being here. I'm just so thrilled. I mean, much oh. love to both of you. And thank you for, for being a part of this world. It's, you know, I, I, I don't say this very often, but I'm really happy to be on this planet with you at this time. Thank you, know, you so it's a much. Gift. Well, I believe if we're not all in it together, we should all quit because what are we doing? You know, we need to find our common denominators and boost each other up rather than trying to tear each other down. And I think that would be a great place to start. We all have more in common than we have apart. And I go back to what I said earlier, you know, that the 10% need to just slow down and quit yelling at the other 90 and let's just get that, you know, let's grab a beer and a pizza and we'll have, we can do cauliflower crust. Don't care. That's let's right. hang out. Let's hang out. <laughs> let's just chill out for a moment, find some common sense and solve some of these big problems that we avoid solving because we act like they're really big problems and they're only yeah. big because we don't solve them. Right. Right. And there's a lot well, of that. There's a lot of that. We need there's to There's a lot of so, fear. I think the fear is. has to stop, you know, I mean, yeah. false evidence appearing real. Right. I yeah. mean, it's like, stop that. Yeah, I agree. Like, so so what an inspiration. Positive note. I am hundred percent stand. So remember guys, stands for the troops, step up, check them out, right? Go help somebody, go help somebody through their program. Why not? Thank you. Right. We need it. We want to do it. Thank you for what you do for veterans. Thank you. What you're doing to help American farmers and farmers around the globe, men and women alike. And uh, thank you for working hard at being organic every day. And the reason you're doing it is so valuable and we appreciate you. Thank Thanks you. for being on the broadcast. You have an open ticket to come back here anytime you want to talk about anytime you say anything it. you want. Not a problem. Uh, keep okay. us posted and I'll check on you guys and you'll see me. You're not that far away from me. You're going to see me. Hanging I out love with you guys. It. I'm coming down for some basil. Excellent. I love cool. it. Cool. Thank You're you. Always welcome. I appreciate that. Everybody. Thanks for listening. I hope we inspired you today. I don't know what else I can do. I'm serious. I'm exhausted with inspiration right now. You guys, let's let lift each other. <laughs> let's do it. Use this conversation to have a conversation, you know, talk about it amongst your friends, ask questions, see what they think. Let's start it. Let's make it happen. Let's make veterans lives better through agriculture. Wow, that sounds like a hell of a good idea. Thank you for listening. Thanks for being part of our program every week and all that we do on social media. Check us out. That's where we hang out with the cool kids. You know, I say it all the time. I appreciate all of you. 
Go inspire somebody today. It's really important. Hopefully we did it for you. Take care. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.